0: Pray. I know that until I die is my mission every day to pray. It is my purpose as a Christian. It is my purpose as a believer. It is my purpose as a follower of God that I would pray. And the same is for you. That will be, as we're learning in this series, that we'll be praying. And so just to understand and recap a little bit from last week is that the disciples knew how to pray. They valued prayer. It was important to them. And in the midst of it all, there's a sense where they feel or felt inadequate. It's like our prayers really aren't cutting the mustard. It's like, Jesus, we we see you pray, but there's something different about your prayer. So teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, it's the greatest question anyone's ever asked me. That's that's, my words. Have a look at Matthew 6. This then is how you should pray. As an example, we have to do this word for word, but it gives us a sense of what What would God be looking for in our prayers? If we're praying prayers, but there, it's not anything near where God wants it to land, by way of focus, then I, I want to know. I don't want to pray prayers that are just going to fall to the ground. I want to pray prayers that, that connect and intersect with heaven. Can I hear an amen? Well, I know we do want to do that. We all want to be that that person who prays that prayer. So, our Father in Heaven, we heard that this morning. Uh, Christian also spoke into that. Our lovely heavenly Father, Hallowed, Hallowed, <laughs> I'm getting that wrong. Hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we looked at that last week. But here we want to understand this: Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive those who sin against us. As I remember it, or uh, um, or our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I like this the CEV Christian English version it says this: Our Father in heaven, help us to honor your name. Come and set up your kingdom, so that everyone on earth will obey you, as you have. Uh, as you are obeyed in heaven, give us our food for today. Forgive us for doing wrong as we forgive others. Keep us from being tempted and protect us from evil. Here, let's have a look at this number one Your will be done as it is in heaven. So we understand that God's will is being perfectly performed in heaven, and Jesus is asking, just as it is in heaven just as it is in its perfect array and form, may be here on earth. So we're asking that how it is in heaven may be here. What's true for heaven may be true for me on earth. That's what he's asking. That we would somehow bring heaven in all its uh, magnificence into our very common day-to-day life. I think that's amazing. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As they say, our theology or our beliefs determine what we believe. And I go even more to, further to say that our relationship will determine how we live. So, so, Father, as it is in heaven, may it be here right now in my heart, praying for the will of God to be done. I think as a, as a Christian... It's probably been my biggest, most popular number one prayer. Help me, Lord, to know Your will. I wonder if you've been there too, wondering, "What do I do, Lord, in this situation? How do I determine Your will in this? Or there's there's two jobs that presented, or there's two possibilities, or there's there's two Bible colleges or two schools I can teach at, or there's two jobs to say, what, what what do I choose? Don't we? We want to know God's will in that. And sometimes we can over spiritualize things, and there's things that we can certainly do, but I think we need to ask, God, what's your opinion? What would you prefer? Where would you prefer me to be? How does that look? Your will. Your will. I think it's the most scariest prayer we could pray. I think that if we were to be honest with ourselves, that to ask God that I I want your will to be done in my life. It is scary. When Gabe and I felt that after 10 and a half years, it was time to leave our church, it took us two years to make that decision. You could just imagine how hard it was for our family to choose to leave. Our children had basically grown up there. We had so many friends, we were connected. And then the will of God, I've always said when I gave my life to Jesus, Not my will, but your will be done. And I stand by it. And it's cost us. A rolling stone doesn't gather any moss. It's cost us financially, but I don't care about that because I'd rather be in the will of God than than have this. He against the whole world but loses his soul? I don't want that. Not that God doesn't want to bless us. And so it's really how do we determine what this will is? Because I want to know. I want to know if this is what I'm meant to do or this is what I'm meant to do. Or hang on, maybe it's over here. This is what I'm meant to do. I want to know. I want to know what pleases God. I want to know how I can lean forward into that. Isn't that why we are here? Isn't that why we come to church to learn, to be encouraged, to to, to lean in and say, God, we want to live your will out in our lives. We want this to be real. We don't want it to be just head knowledge. We want it to be heart knowledge. And we get it wrong so many times. I get it wrong so many times. So we we go through the process and we give notice and people come up and go, where are you going? And we go, we don't know. And I'm seriously, a lot of Christians are like, you don't know? You idiot, you know? It's like, what a wally. (laughs) I could, I could see it. Okay, maybe they... And that was scary. But all I knew is that we had to obey, obey God. That's all we have. Sometimes that's all we know in our day. We don't know how to, how to do things and how, how it's going to turn out. We don't know what's going to happen today. All I know is I want to obey God. I want your will in heaven, the perfect will of God. I want it for my life. I want to articulate it. I want to understand it. I want it to be a part of my life. And gee, I get we get it wrong. But God's okay with that. It's a walk of faith, it's a challenge. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, For this cause we also since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. This is Paul, look encouraging us, praying. Paul is praying. What is he praying for? Every day I cease not to remember this one thing for you guys: that to desire that you may be what filled with the knowledge of His will. I want you to know that there's the perfect will of God. There's a permissible and there's the good will of God. We learn that in Romans. And so I believe it's very hard to get out of the will of God in a general sense. Except I say it's very hard, but it's very easy. It's hard if you're going after God, it's hard to get out of the will of God. But it's easy when you one, one day when you just say this, no God. Psalms teach us, the fool has said his heart. We don't want to say no to God. And that's always the thing that I suppose guides my decisions. I'm always wanting to know what God's best is for me because even if I think this is best, I would rather God's best because God's best is going to be way better than my best. My my best won't even match God's worst for me. If there was a case of that. And so our, our journey today is we're learning about prayer. Jesus is showing us and he's asking us and he's reminding you today because he knows that you would read this in his word, his living word, that you would know and it would be your heart's desire to know his will. And dare we say, ever say no to God? Dare we ever get that that place? We'll struggle with God and we'll fight with God on it. But get to the place, don't, don't get in that place that's not healthy. And I can tell you a lot of stories of things that don't go well when we start saying no to God. It's not a good idea. And God maybe, he, maybe he'll send a donkey over to your house if you start saying no and doing the opposite of God, what, what God wants for your life. You know the story in Balaam. So let us be those people. It is tricky. It is, it is hard to discern maybe what we do, where do we go, How do we do this? We go with what we know. And we come back and we wait on God until we get a sense of of peace, a sense of just rest about this is what you are saying. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we pray and there's no peace and there's no rest, but we just keep waiting. and just asking God to, to make it clearer and clearer. Your will on earth, as it is in heaven. These words probably govern all three prayers. This phrase modifies all three preceding petitions. The worship of God, the sovereign rule of God, and the performance of his will as it exists in heaven. May your name be hallowed on earth as is in heaven may your kingly rule come on earth as it is in heaven and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven this is the real test of our hearts we notice that when jesus prayed in gethsemane he just said father not my will your will be done Jesus put this into practice. That's what we know. There's no record of him praying this prayer. But he lived it. This is the real test, not my will. I don't have to be right every time. I don't have to win every argument or every decision or every outcome. I just need to know I'm in the will of God. That's what I need to know. That's what we need to know. Psalm 143 almost gives us a real glimpse into, into this understanding. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. It won't be on the slide. Sorry, guys. I could see them going, ah, where is it? May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. A real articulation and understanding of God's will. And that leads me to exciting news. For some of you, many of you may not know that the Fife home, the Fife family have found a new home and we have purchased a home and we move it in about just over a week's time, would you believe it? Things happen pretty quickly here, Um, quicker than we expected on that sense. And so we're really excited about this new journey for us and the journey that we've already been on and we are here to do God's will. And however God wants us here and, and has us here, we will say, yes, Lord, whatever your will is, that's who we are. we no heirs and graces, we're just the real deal. What's and all? You know that. So we're really excited and we want to just say firstly thank you to you as our family. Thank you for uh, welcoming us and embracing us and, and uh, cheering us on along the way. 16, 17 months, uh, we moved over in, in, in March last year and then in April we moved in to the manse and the manse has been our home, it's been our home, we love it, it, is, it, is, it has been the place that we have just recited in and we've made it not the manse, it's been our home. But we know that there was almost that sense where we felt like we sold our house up and Lord, do we buy here? Do we wait it out? Do we watch the markets? Do, what do we do? But we really got a sense as we started looking fairly early, but slowly and carefully. But we just feel this is the right time. And how exciting is that? So we're thankful to the Lord for, for making this way and providing us with a house. And I think there's already a few people saying, house party, warming party thingy. Yeah, I say party. you know, let's do it. And uh, anyway... Gabe's the chef. We'll be right there when we go. No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm on the barbecue. I'll be cooking. Okay. And so we'll, we'll communicate more about that later on. But I think big thank you to the leadership team as well uh, for allowing us uh, to move into the manse. That's what the manse is for. I get it. It has been a tremendous blessing for us along this journey. Uh, also, I wanted to say uh, a big thank you to... to uh, Having the manse, because when we move into a, a new state, interstate, this is our first move interstate. We've always lived in Victoria. There's been a sense where uh, this is pretty daunting at times. And, and uh, so we're, in a sense, settled. But God moved us and shaped us that, that, in that sense. And so uh, just how easy was it to be able to come into the, move into the manse and have that place? It just removed a lot of pressure from us in finding somewhere to rent. And if you know, if anything of the rental property hit, not, there's not a lot. So it was a great blessing to us. So we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for accepting us and welcome us, welcoming us. And there's so much more we want to see God, God do. Uh, so what's next for the man? So I don't want to speak a lot into this because it's not really for me to, to do that. But just to say that this has just happened. It's still very recent. And, I, and the leadership team will certainly... Uh, be meeting and in uh, this year and and into the early next year of what will be some of the options to consider. There's no hurry. We want to get God's heart and God's will on what what's next. Uh, but in the interim, we do have a family, a wonderful family in this church that you may or may not know. But the Smith family, Nathan and Vet and the family are going to be able to move in while they're looking at building. And so it's great that we've got family who can be blessed by by this house again and again. There's just so much blessing flowing. And uh, how great is it just to be able to of these guys? Because the Smith family, feels it's a Smith family, they I like saying it like that. But Nathan and their family are just absolutely tremendous people. They're a beautiful family. They serve, uh, like many of us do, week in and week out. And they're committed to, to doing whatever it is to help the house and the kingdom along. And so this is just another way we can, as a church, even just say, hey, we want to bless you guys. And make it easy as we can. So we're blessed for you. God, let's give them a hand, eh? Hey? the family. <laughs> you know, we've got to honour people where honour is due. And I know many of you are doing so much as well. And we honour you. And so we want to make sure that in the future we'll be hearing some of those service changes that we want to do to make sure we are honouring people at this time. So thank you for that. So there's no hurry. So I thought it was just timely that I share that in the message. So let us keep our eyes on the Lord, keep faithful to him no matter what is going on around us, and learning how to discern his will. Matthew 12:50. Jesus said this. So who's our mother and my brother? There's your mother and brother, Jesus. Well, who is my mother and my brother and my father? It says this. It says, Whoever does the will of my father in heaven, he is my brother or my sister or my mother. That's what Jesus is saying. Family sticks together. Family. Is on the same game plan. Number two, give us our daily bread. Put God first. Put God first. Give us our daily bread. The simplicity of living with trust as a child. Being grateful for what God is doing. Sometimes we get so busy comparing ourselves with the Joneses. Is there any Jones? No. But you know, there's does not, I don't think. Uh, but we had a family called the Joneses, so I used to always get in trouble. But you know, uh, We're just learning how to walk this out of what's true for us. Prayer for our daily needs, whatever it may be. It's not just food. It's for protection and leadership and wisdom and help with grief and suffering and sadness and friendship. Holy living with the things that we need from him in our lives every single day. Praying that God would sustain us. Give us this daily bread. Bread was a symbol of God's provision. It was more than just, just, just needs. It was a symbol of his presence. Jesus said, my bread is to do the will of him. My bread, what I eat, is that I do his will. Give us this today, our daily bread. I could speak so much into that for time. Proverbs 30, verse 8 says, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. That doesn't mean we need to sit down and do nothing. But we need to be confident that he is big enough to take care of us. NIV says this, Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. We live in a generation that's very greedy, and it's very eye generation That's why I will not have an iPhone. Just a joke, bad joke. I know. All those there right now, I'm going to throw my phone at you. Um, hallelujah! Jesus would be using a Samsung <laughs> <laughs> because in some languages that sounds like Samson. Anyway, I'm just—that's a bad dad joke. <laughs> oh well, I'm entertaining myself. You are good, Lord. Sometimes we've said the only way I can be truly spiritual is to be in poverty. Oh, but I am a a worm. That's not really what the Scriptures teach. The Scriptures teach redemption lift and that what happens is that we are blessed so it just stays with us? No. We are blessed so that a blessing will flow through us to others we're never really to be contained as a blessing. Blessing is always meant to flow through us. Whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like for you. And we don't have to look at Abraham and how God wanted to bless him instead said, look at the star. Count them if you can count them because that's, that's what it's going to be. It's what it's going to look like. That's the blessing I have for you. Number three, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. This is a biggie. And I'll look at this in another series um, or message. Forgive us our sins. And forgive those who sin against us. This is a big one. Because all of us, have, at some point, have had someone or something happen where we've had to choose to forgive or not forgive. It could have been just something they said, it could have been something that was avoided, it could have been something it just, it was whatever. And this is a a biggie as far as God is concerned because he says that unless we are willing to forgive, we can't be forgiven. And the only time we're allowed to to leave early, our altar, our gift on the altar, is when there's an issue of relationship that's gone wrong. And there's unforgiveness there. Often when I pray, Lord, let your will be done, and then I want to pray this out, and there's a sense of, is there anything in me, Lord, right now that's offending you? Is there anything in my life that is stopping me being who you've called me to be? Boom, someone comes up in my mind. Oh, yeah. Forgive them. I did forgive them. No, you didn't. I forgive, I've forgiven them. Call them. I'm not calling them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgiveness... I'd like to talk more on this, but forgiveness is... We get confused with forgiveness as we think that by forgiving someone, we're saying that it's okay what they did. It's okay what they said. No, we're not. We're not justifying what they did. Forgiveness is about releasing you. Forgiveness is about freeing you. It's got nothing to do with the other person. It's about you being free and whole. So when we don't want to forgive, then there's an issue. And if we're praying, God, that your will be done, that God's saying, but, but you know, I, I want you to be carrying forgiveness. But you don't know. I know people get unforgiveness towards God. How did you let this happen, Lord? How could you let the situation or this accident or this circumstance? I, I, come on. I thought you were in control here. Have you ever been there? I've had those prayers at times. I'll be honest with you. I have a very honest open relationship with Jesus. Oh, the angels must laugh. God forgives us. and He says, because I've forgiven you, you now forgive Oh, but I, we feel so justified when we don't forgive. It's like unforgiveness is our title, it's our badge. No, I'm going to stand my ground. Come on. First one who flinches, first one who, who blinks loses. That's not what God wants. I've had some horrible things happen to me in my lifetime and I have to choose to forgive. But you know what? I don't have to. In a sense, I do. I want to. Because I don't want to become something I'm not. Because that's what forgiveness will do. It'll change you and it'll reshape you into something of that sinful nature that Jesus died for so that you wouldn't have to become. There's a lot more on that. Forgiveness of others. Wow, we could go way into that. We've all been hurt. So what I'm asking you to do is that when you pray, maybe pause this week and say, Lord, is there anyone who comes to mind right now? Is there somebody who irritates me? Is there somebody who, I really wonder what I would do in a situation where I where's my heart in this, Lord? Lord, is there any anything in me like David? That, anything that's unclear, anything that's impure, anything that's not carrying your heart in this? For my life. Remember, this forgiveness sets you free. It breaks the chains. That's why God said, That's why He wants us to forgive, forgive, and forgive. Sometimes it's a process, it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes I've had to forgive people knowingly and unknowingly, and it's hard. Because it feels like they're getting away with it. But they're not. Especially if you keep holding unforgiveness. They win. They win. Not me. The power of forgiveness. Number four. Leaders are not in Temptation. But deliver us from evil. Many of you will know this prayer off by heart. Here we learn that God wants us to pray honest prayers. Lead us not in temptation. It's temptation all around us. Some people say, I'm tougher than temptation. If temptation comes knocking on my door, I'll tell it to back away and walk away. Well, Good for you, the temptation. To be wiser and smarter. Temptation is quite powerful. That's why we call it that's why it's called temptation. Lead us not in temptation. At times God will test us. There are testings in our lives for whatever reason. And sometimes we get confused. And some people even think that this is like the little girl who prayed. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us some email. Sometimes we actually think that that God. Can lead us into temptation. No. God's not leading us into temptation. God will test us, the devil will tempt us. There's a big difference. When God tests us, he's looking for fruit to come off. He's looking to show everyone how good you are, how great you are. Look at my son Job. Look at him. Look how good he is. God talks about you all the time. He is in love with you so much, over and over. The angels hear it all the time. Oh, look! Look at my son. Look at my daughter. Look at them. The angels hear it. The devil, on the other hand, is our advers- adversary, and we always have him. It's always there, and so we need to remind ourselves. Now, his plan is always to defeat us, to weaken us, to embarrass us, to mock us, to bring us down. It's always what he's after. Oh, oh. I could tell you so many stories that, that you've probably lived through as well. What do I have to do? I had to forgive. I had to let it go. And I sat for the whole week, though, thinking about What did I do wrong? That was so undeserved. And I could have lived on that and built my life and shaped it around that conversation. I said, no, that's not me. I don't want to be that person. So the devil wanted me to fail. He wanted me to drop my guard. He wanted me to just lose it and do all that. Not hold integrity. Not trust God. Sometimes we get confused. Is this a test or a temptation? But it depends on a lot of what you're going to do and what the outcome will be. Enemy wants to make sin attractive fooling you into think or us into think that it's okay and that maybe God is not all that powerful and he's not all that committed to us, as our heavenly Father. So there's a sense where Jesus was reminding us that he understands our day-to-day battles and struggles. He understands life is tiring and wearisome. He understands. And this prayer is a model that just shapes us to to, to think and reshape how we how we do life, not just how we pray, but how we we want to represent and reflect His heart in us. We want to honour Him every day. Acknowledge Him as our Father. We want His kingdom to be made manifest through us. We want His will to be done in us. We want to have that daily bread, the sense of knowing that God is a protector and a provider. We've got to know that. Hallelujah. We've got to forgive. We're going to ask Lord, lead me down this narrow path. If I move just an inch, I'm off. Or that way, lead me. Guide me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. The rod and the staff, they comfort me. Wow. You use that for prayer, but that's uh, for funerals, but it's, it's, it's bigger than that. It's a majestic prayer. Acknowledgement of God in the midst of our days. So you and I have to make decisions every day. Acknowledging God, asking for his will to be done, living a life that would honor and please him. Forgiving those who need to be forgiven, even though they don't deserve it. Asking God that I am, whatever I have, it suffice. I'm not going to compare myself with what this person has or that person has. I have my daily bread. You are my provider. You are my source. Oh, is that, are we so blessed? I just feel so blessed reading that. Just, it just says, this is the heart nature of God. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Heavenly Father, we ask today. Do you know what's going on in our world? you know? Life is hard. It's tough. There are battles and things going on that are not just natural but spiritual. So, Lord, I, I, I pray that my heart would be that somehow we've been encouraged for your word. It's the Lord's prayer, but it's really the Father's prayer that we would activate and live this out. So, Lord, encourage us all the more as we do. And I pray for whoever you are right now, that just like, you wish you could just go back in time. You would wish you could just speak to your younger self and say this or that. God's speaking to you now and he's saying it's okay. And even in this mess, there's going to be a message. In this trial, that God would allow you and show forth that you can overcome. That God, may, you may sense that you feel yourself, oh, I'm a victim, but God says you're going to be a victor. You're going to win and you're going to see it through. No matter how hard, no matter how tough, you're going to see it through. And this is what He says. And Lord, we remind ourselves, you say, that you will never leave us, nor forsake us. Wow. I never have to doubt again if God is for me or not. Because you said you never will leave me. Never leave us. Thank you. And I pray, Lord, for whatever pain Whatever battle that one or two people, maybe, or others are facing, I pray they will know that you are good and that all things are possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.